We'll have to do a dance before we get started. All right. Oh, that's hot. Testing one two three. Can y'all hear me better? Yeah. Okay. Welcome, okay. welcome. Tonight we have a very special episode. Yes, we do. We have Sevon Bomber okay. back with a Q and A to answer all of your questions. Yes. Thank you, Sevon, for coming Thank back. Thank you and so much. Hanging out with us tonight. <laughs> special night yes it's good to, to it, be forward again and really really into this thing i'm i'm excited like i it's just like you're sitting in front of a a, a starting line mm-hmm. and the crowd is already there and right you still have they're waiting for to hear that thing pop so you get a good start so right <laughs> right right wholeness. and Wholeness. wholeness if you could just talk more into your mic so we can hear you better yeah i don't know if it's on our end Okay, yeah, I was messing with my volume a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. All right. now we could definitely, we could definitely hear, hear you. you. Now, okay. uh, I know Tribe is already in the building. Thank you guys for Thank being you. with us tonight. And I know you have a bunch of questions. Yes. And we tried to do the hotline bling. That was, <sighs> we really did try and try to get you guys on the phone so you can personally speak with Sevon because I know, I mean, before we got this opportunity yeah. to uh, speak with you, I would have definitely been on the line trying I'd to have get been through Colin and through. asking questions and stuff like that. <laughs> so we couldn't do it tonight, but for the questions, you if you do want to uh, ask a question in the comments, please put uh, Q before the question so then I can see that that's a question and you know we'll go through all of them as quickly as possible uh <laughs> so we can get a lot in an hour i know last time it was kind of hard getting a lot in an hour but thank you for blessing us yeah <laughs> all that it was just like if you didn't check that out um pandemic versus politics um go ahead and check that out because Sevan, you blessed us that night and if we you, went in yes <laughs> wwe style last time right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of want to like jump into like a question that I had because uh, I thought it was really um, interesting. We just came back from Tulum, Mexico, and it's it was we we're based in L.A. and it was like a great experience. Uh, we're original. Well, my family's from Haiti and we have family hunters. So we've, you know, been in like South of America and closer to the equator and stuff like that. But it was very interesting because my niece was with us because it was a family vacation and she got really sick. Mm -hmm. She was like extremely sick. She was not enjoying the trip at all. And we forced her to enjoy it, but like she got through it, but she was really just having a rough time there. Right. And with us, we just had like a completely different experience. Yeah. And towards the end, when we were we're in Tulum and you have to go to Cancun to get on the plane. So we had to drive and we're in the cab going back and I'm looking out the window and I'm looking at the sky and the stars are like beautiful. I can see every star in the sky. And I'm just like Mm -hmm. the whole time we were there, I never looked up. Like, I don't know. Right. And anytime I looked at I look at the stars, I always think about like it grounds me. It puts me like in my place, like, Oh, you're here. You're on earth. Well, earth or, you know, you're here. It puts that consciousness in my head. And then I told you and you looked out and you were like, Oh my God. Beautiful. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait. And I asked myself when I was looking at it and I'm like, what is a star? Yeah. Like, what is it? Not the scientific like definition or, you know, like anything like that. Like what is a star? Is it a rock? Is it light? What is it a reflection of us? Like, what is a star? That's my first question. <laughs> that was a lot. I'm going in heavy right away. Okay. Yeah. No, even, yeah. Hey, you know, uh, <laughs> Sorry. it's right away to the meaning of life. Right. You know, uh, wow. First and foremost. Okay. So the question is, what is a star? And right. 
uh, you know, before I jump in, I, I definitely <laughs> want to say, you know, just, you know, giving thanks to, to, you know, to you and, you know, Catherine Isabel just having me on the show and also to all the listeners who have been diligently seeking to get connected with themselves. Mm -hmm. And of course, to our ancestors, you know, who have been on deck and continuously delivering us gifts, you know, time and time again, if we're willing to unwrap them. And even today, you know, I'm going to do my best to to give you every single thing that you need to to make the greatest choices in your life to open up more of the experience of who you truly are. Um, it is up to you to do that. So I know now if you can imagine these teachings, you know, these mysteries where they were held so sacredly in the ancient times because everyone knew their value and what's happened now is, is that it's kind of been this thing from even a science and a chemistry level where there's like, okay, well, we figured out how nature works and we figured out this DNA and how to put these DNA together. And now it's like, okay, now we want to go on somewhere else. We want to go to Mars. We want to go somewhere else. And it's almost like this attitude that we could have in relationships where we seem to get tired of what it is that bought us love because we thought we defined it. So I wanted to begin that way because it's important that when we're answering questions, because I'm basically would be giving definitions to, to people's answer uh, to people's questions. It's important to remember that, that, that answer is still subject to how deep you feel it as your truth. And that kind of connects to how deep you really want to know that answer to that question. Cause when we, when we say that we want something, sometimes like kids, it could be like a new toy and then we get it and then we can throw it away and say, now I want something else and never have really given ourselves the opportunity to truly define what it is and to learn and to explore what it is that, that we seek after. So we're going to be head, head deep in gyms today. I mean, just as far as the value of what it is that that's going to come across and come forth. Uh, as we come in here in a co-creation, I will also say that as I'm answering questions, it's not just going to be coming from the dome. Like I do have a vast amount of knowledge, but I really like to tap into what I call the co-creative frequency that we all share together. And you may think that it, it wouldn't be present because maybe we're on this telephone or something like that, or on these computers or this internet or whatever. But truthfully, like we're everywhere and we are everything, you know, even with plasma and water, you know, we're everything. So we could touch each other anywhere, mm -hmm. any place, as long as we're, you know, aware of our power and aware of who we are. So I trust that, you know, the ancestors will come through and keep restoring that for us uh, today. So the answer to the question of what are stars is stars are very powerful events. Mm -hmm. So when you when you are created, let's say, for instance, when you're when your parents, if you make put you into conception, there was this explosion that occurred, with, which we call an orgasm. And I got into this a little bit before, but we have to understand what an orgasm does on a metaphysical level is it opens up a small black hole. And in that black hole, life emerges from the intentions that were put into that moment. So very strong intentions, you know, when something happens, when something happens, everything that it is, is still all in that moment. I'll say that again. When something happens, still everything, all, all, all everything that's ever going to happen is all in that moment. Just like when you, when you were born, even what you're doing now was already there and in that moment and already present. So what stars are is when big stuff is happening and, you know, you can imagine you can go on a story after story. The whole language system we're using is created from the projection of the stars and how the stars are positioned. And so that just lets you know how much we can go on about. So what are, what were those big events? And, uh, and I trust that all would see it, see it as a reflection that actually I'm, I'm the one that I'm the big event. I'm the mission. I'm, I'm the one that creates and determines where I sit in that cosmos. Like, and sometimes it doesn't have to do with what you're seeing right away, like the sun and, and the moon. And, um, you know, you just have to look deep within yourself and, and figure out, you know, how bright you want to shine this life and who you really want to see that light because there are lights that shine 
to where they pierce into the to the darkest areas and even in caves, right? Because they know plants that are green in caves and they're like, man, where's the light coming from? But there's yeah. a spectrum of light that can pierce all the way that deep. So that's just who you are, right? Like if you become really powerful in your own on your own right, you'll be able to penetrate and maybe that equates to some of the brighter stars that we see. Also, I guess when those events are getting closer to happening again, we would act naturally see those those luminaries brighter and we would also start unraveling things because, as I said, they're also the language. So there would become this enlightenment, really, that would occur mm. uh, that would not be just solely re- uh, solely based on a person's uh, mental knowledge, like what they learned or discovered in a book. But it, it would be very, very intuitive uh, earthy knowledge that would start, you know, just dawning itself on humanity. That's great. Um, let me ask my question before, um, someone else, um, goes and give them some time. Um, for someone who didn't crack that, um, cold, uh, for refreshment, how, how can someone, um, be able to be in that energy? Well, I mean, they're in the energy all the time. I guess that that's the whole thing. It's a matter of choice. And that's, there's the gift. Uh, mm -hmm. You got something else you want to keep asking? No, I was just saying, but what if they feel like they, they want to make that choice, but every time they try to get into it, they just can't, it's not, it's not kicking for them. There's really no such thing, to be honest. What's happening is, is that that person would be trying to follow the criteria that everybody else has set uh, as a as a benchmarker or a way of recognizing that you've achieved something or achieved a certain state. You see, so if people say, well, if you're really conscious, this is what you do, that's still what people defined it as. And they've learned pretty much everything that they've come to as a definition, probably from a bit of TV, what they've seen their parents do, et cetera. So if that person feels like, well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm working towards consciousness, but it, it doesn't look like that. Um, and you happen to be in that group or whatever, as we keep growing more and more in knowledge, we even start to see, you know, at the status sometimes that the groups that we thought were where enlightenment was or where success was. I can give another example of this. You know, I had this idea that in life I needed to find some people that really knew what was going on. And because I knew that there was bigger stuff happening and, I just assumed that the people who were famous actually had the answers to those questions. This is just as a youth growing up. I was like, man, they got to know something about what's going on. And I found myself in life um, often trying to position myself so that way I would be amongst them. And I was able to accomplish that in one way by doing these huge, we throw these huge parties for a short period of time during the year. And it'd be generally connected into the Super Bowl and stuff like that. So you would see mm-hmm. all these stars and actors, and but you would see them in a different way. You wouldn't see them like somebody in VIP. You would see them in the areas that they thrive in when they're together because a lot of them know each other. So I guess I'm getting to that. I was in there and I was listening to what they were talking about and what they were saying. And I couldn't detect at all that they knew anything more <laughs> than what the standard person knows. And that was like, it threw me into a certain level of depression because I was like, well, shoot, if... If they don't really know what's going on to the big level, who does? And I just realized again that I had defined that these were going to be the people that were aware of certain things. And that was completely erroneous. That was not true. That, that, that wasn't how it was. So the same thing I'm saying back to that person, if you, that you asked the question about, if they, if, if, even if it's you, if you feel like that you're looking at all this that people call consciousness and you're like, yeah, but I don't want to get stuck in that trap either. It, mm. it kind of reminds me of Lauren Hill's daughter, you know, breaking it down so deep about like, look, if I'm just going to be honest with you and I'm not going to try to impress you and I'm not going to try to hide and build up this huge wall to make myself feel stronger to you. I'm going to tell you that, man, I'm, I'm kind of hurting in here because the truth is nobody wants to be honest. You know, you look at this. Truth is never really fashionable. Like we're living right. in a fascist, fashionable system. Like it, it, 
it replicates in so many different things when you understand the meaning of those words. F what's in fashion is generally what's dictated at that moment to be the end thing. Truth is what is actually the real thing. So fashion and truth are actually at odds with each other. So if everyone is really, again, trying to just be, you know, fashionable in that way, then, you know, we have to bring, I guess I'll say it this way, we need to bring, bring truth back into fashion. So that way others around don't feel very uncomfortable about the natural ways they are and, and, and who they are in life so they can get through that and see truly you know, what is it to be conscious? What is it to be woke? You know, what is it to be to totally like in love with life? And, you know, I'm really happy rather than them just as words, right? Mm -hmm. and, you know, that, that becomes the danger of words as I've, I've, I've discussed recently about, you know, what I call artificial uh, spirit or artificial knowledge. And this simply means just because you know it like in a thinking way, it has, it has nothing to do with whether you've touched it and, mm -hmm. and, and really, really know what it, what it is about. And I want to, so that, so what I'm saying is people who talk about it all the time, they become popular per, versus the people who actually do it. They're getting no recognition and attention at all. Mm -hmm. And I'll show you how even that manifests. At, and so also there's some who are just normally used to just doing it they kind of find the talking version a bit distasteful, like shut up already and get your hands in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so whoever this person is we're talking about could be like that. Like, yeah, I, I'm, that outward show of woke and conscious, I'm not even into that. Let's get into because I can see through all that. Let's get all if you need that to make you feel good, go ahead and go to your school. But I'm ready to actually get my hands in this. And now where this comes from is that in the ancient traditions, if we go into my at dealing with matter, when, if you walked into Kemet, you would see them. They used to call it dyeing the skin suits. This was uh, creating bodies with different colors. And you would see them, you know, with crystal, you know, some crystals on the ground. And, and, and these crystals would have something floating. And you would see just a brain there twitching. And another Kemetan just interfacing with just that brain alone. This was, and if you ask them, how are you doing this? They wouldn't be able to tell you like, oh, this the atom is is split onto its next covalent bond. And thus, uh, from from that stage of the chemical, then it goes into the because that is not really making it happen. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? That that just explanation of it is not anywhere near as powerful as someone that just I know how this works. Like our ancestors, our mothers, our, our grandmothers. They know how to get something done. But then if you ask them, well, articulate to me how exactly you do that. That's not going to even that's not going to be something that they even are, are excelling in being able to do. Mm -hmm. And so now that we're again in this society that is so important to be able to articulate what it is that you're really about, even if you're not actually about that. And from an action level that is now taking precedence. So that lets you see how that the, the mental state of the consciousness versus the material state of the consciousness has come to uh, be the the dominant frequency right now. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> that was that amazing. Was, yeah. Uh, we have a question from Michael Gaynor. What exactly, why exactly did we create death? That is a question. Wow. I mean, I think with things like, uh, first of all, when we take responsibility for, for creating something, this means that we got to be willing then to now take down all the judgments of the things that we think that we didn't create. So I'll say again, like if someone speaks and says, why did we create death? That, ha that question would for sure need to, to ever be answered, come from a mind that now knows that there is no divisions between anything. Or else they would just be afraid of death because death seems like a, a, a monstrous being that could take life, right? Mm -hmm. So with that being said, now your question is actually answered. <laughs> because if you see everything as actually all a part of the same thing, you know death is actually a part of the same thing. This is deep knowledge. 
We had a conversation about this the other day. Our sister Paige came in and she said, yeah, I had this dream. There was a spider in this dream. I'm just paraphrasing really fast. There was a spider in the dream. I knew the spider stood for a gateway as the eight number eight is a gate. And but the spider scared me from, you know, so much just from the stereotype of spider. I woke up. Then I realized, man, I'm I'm I kind of blew going through the gate. How do I position myself to not react that way? The simple answer was see yourself as the spider. In the dream, you're actually even projecting on yourself that you are actually the person you are here. But generally, you never see mirrors in the dream. So you never really walk by a mirror and see yourself as you are here. <laughs> and then be like, yeah, that, that's me. The most difficult thing to do, lucid dreamers, for those that could do that, is to find a mirror. So you can see yourself. And if you ever do, you will notice you do not appear as you do here. Mm. So even going from that, now, if you're in a dream, there's all spiders around. The best thing to do is just to become a spider because then they never realize what's happening. And then they'll lead you to all these different secrets, assuming that you are a spider. And really, you would be, as I discussed, I guess I'll use Catherine, as you'll be Catherine in 2020 sitting back in, in, in another hyperspace plane with spiders and learning how they weave and what their knowledge is all about. See what I mean? Right. So death, again, to answer the question, is something that we become, something that we are. And so when we talk about then now as a creation, what is its use? What would be the reason for causing death? I can tell you there are many people who want to feel like artificially that things are going to be over and that they can start again. It's like a canvas thing. They paint and then they think, okay, you know what? I can make a way better painting. Can we get a new canvas? And that's what death's purpose is, is to give a superficial new canvas. It's just a new layer. Nothing's really gone. And now you're going to build on that layer. So those who... You know, all power comes from the subconscious, which is when you go back through all of those layers and start collecting all of what you already learned, which is everything that they figured out over here, you already knew. So when you collect all of that, it's, there still comes the responsibility to be able to deal with, deal with that. And, and so death was actually this brilliant creation of how to not deal with that, because if you can wipe it clean for a minute and not even remember what even happened, this was like another form of magic, if you may, that everybody was so excited about because it was doing the impossible. So right. the funny thing is everything here is, is upside down. So now we're kind of crying about death. But if you actually witness in all cultures, when they really go through the death process, there's this huge celebration because to be able to perform death is quite the feat. Ooh, wow. That's powerful. Actually, that's I feel the same way. Wow. And like I actually have a question about that because I know people who are atheists and I am close with them and stuff like that. Or even just having uh, somebody who just feels like this is they're like after death, it's done. It's over. Mm -hmm. I'm finished with it. Like it is what it is. Mm -hmm. What about those people? What about them? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, what happens is uh, the, the, the goal here, you know, I guess my goal, like everybody's goals will be different, right? Mm -hmm. um, what happens is, is when we're talking about immortality, it's really related to con being conscious immortally. Um, so it's not just about, because you're going to continue to live. It's, it's really about, can you maintain consciousness beyond the gate? Mm -hmm. And so for these beings, I can't really say where they're at with the balance between their psychological mind and, and their, I, I, I want to say material, but in this case, I'm saying like plasma field, like, cause everything like where, even when you quote unquote leave or die, you go into other fields because the actual substance that you, so you're, 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 you're kind of taking off one, one robe, if you may. And the robe underneath is just made out of a less denser material. The consciousness melds very well to that material also. Thought and mind, it's, it doesn't detach from that either. So I guess what I'm saying here is, is that 
it's really about what you learn here that determines what goes on after you, what you call die. Earth was always seen in the university or the universe as being a major place where you could get an immense level of awareness about how to deal with afterlife. So much to the point where, where we now can see that Earth is a microcosmic version of the afterlife. Um, I guess that's the only way that I can put that is that if you would say afterlife and what goes on in afterlife, I can tell you that it's not much different than what you're actually seeing here now, even from the level of uh, the water, like how being underwater is a is an indicator always in the ancient text that you are actually in the underworld. So this is not only in your mother's womb, but if you notice in the air around you that it's full of water, even in the desert, there's ton of water. You turn on a dehydrator, you know, or dehumidifier, there's going to be water all in the bucket. So we're sitting in water right now, breathing in water. We're still in our mother's womb. So thus we're kind of still in what you would say is the netherworld. And since once you become aware of that, then it starts to mate up with texts that tell you about how to get out of the underworld. But here's the most interesting thing. As I, I believe I mentioned before, that a big part of even what you would say is illumination, becoming enlightened, is starts with the first rule. And, and this first rule, which you also see in Alcohol Anonymous, as I mentioned, is the symbol for the Illuminati, AA. You first need to learn how to admit that you have an issue. If you can't admit that you have an issue, this is the difference between one who's hypnotized and one who can break the hip, hip, hypnosis. A person that's hypnotized doesn't think they're hypnotized. That's the power of the hypnosis. So we have a whole world of beings that are hypnotized and the reason why they can't be like snapped into awakening really easy is because they think that they're not. And this redundifies just in that a hypnotized being is the only kind of being that will go and do something that will destroy itself, destroy its children, destroy its mother, all on just a whim. Like literally, you know, just not be available, not be able to help, not even feel empathically that, hey, I need to do something about this. Only a being that's hypnotized would do that. Any real human, which we know is real humans, a real life, any of that, that kind of being, they're not going to stand for it. They're always going to be vibrating the same frequency of the great mother in every aspect of life that they're in. And that commands a certain respect from everything. Like, you got to realize that the benefit here of being able to bring ourselves back or forward into master consciousness is it commands the same respect, what most people are looking for, basically. It commands that respect from everything, not just people, mainly nature. So what I'm saying is when you activate and you walk into nature, you'll notice nature recognizes you. And this continues to re-enforce who you're rapidly becoming. So for those that are not on that journey yet, of course, you know, it's all in time. We give them that respect. But again, it, it's for us to, to start, you know, really seeing that the value of this whole thing is really going to be how important you're going to be able to make your experience. Okay. And, uh, and so that, again, tips back into personal wealth, like where your abundance really is and how you feel well, there's a twofold thing here because we have a responsibility to do it with each other. That's, you know, you really want to make the people that you choose to be around feel the greatest. You know, I'm, I even work on this every day. I, I understand that there's a there's a long road home sometime in us, you know, being able to conform to what we know will actually bring us in the long term benefits. And that's kind of where the harvest is at this point, is that we have some work that we need to do. And sometimes we've been we've been in respect avoiding that work for lifetimes until finally now the work is caught up with us. We can see that based on how many children needs need assistance. The work is kind of caught up with us and it's kind of demanded now that we become adults and adepts. 
and, and, and learn who we really are in order to start really having or be able to bring ourselves into a, a greater experience. Um, I know, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying not to make this so general, but it's just really seeing where the responsibility actually is, is that you can, you can amass this power and, but you're still going to need something to actually do with it. And what earth is, is earth creates a perfect, like, if your heart goes to children, if your heart goes to, you know, anything where you could see some improvement and make things better, if you could adapt a mission and start seeing that as your purpose, this also activates and turns on um, the the powers and the abilities to accomplish that. So see, you need so you need to be able to tell your consciousness, especially to break out of a spell. You need to be able to tell your consciousness, this is where my passion is. This is what I want to do. And let's say, let's come up with something. I'm, I'm, I want to really work with children. See, if you say, I, I just want to be a bagger at Vons, come on, just, I need that power. This is not, <laughs> I, I just want a boyfriend. This, this is not real power to do this. You got to take on like something like, you know what? I've come here to change everything. Everybody else's story is not my story. For all I know, it's all a mirror world. I don't care what everybody else is doing. What you, you have to, what this is, is they, they try to attach that kind of attitude to ego. Uh, and, and this is important, though, because if you are already surrounded by megalomaniacs, that's what you're really seeing in Hollywood. And if you're surrounded by even like the damaged people that are in your family, you know, they, they're years and years of trauma. If you're surrounded by all this kind of stuff, you're going to need to really be solid within yourself about who you believe you are. So they talk about ego a lot. Now oh, you need to get rid of you need your ego. People don't, haven't even, don't really have egos. That's what they call soft skills. Soft skills break egos. Even a, a ass whooping from your parents enough times is going to break an ego. So most people, by the time they're getting, you know, in their teens, 20 years old, if someone even tells them to do something that they don't like, they can be triggered to just do it because they want to be accepted and they want to be in the in crowd mm -hmm. or whatever. The ego is completely smashed. And what is what remains is just a soft, malleable, I can, you can tell uh, certain people that have power can come in and just tell this being to do anything. This is a little test to it, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine the standard person that you think is, is let's say, uh, uh, even the ones that you think they have like some strong personality. You put them around the person that they love, they, and they're enamored by the most. Like, who is it? Michael Jordan, right? They're not even going to be able to talk. Michael Jordan say, hey, go and do this. They're going to be like, where is it at, Mike? I'm going to. So they're going to lose right away because of a stronger force, what they perceive as a stronger force. Every single thing about what supposedly makes them makes them them. So imagine if a, another human being, I think Jordan's a bit beyond a human being, but if a, a being like that could do that to others, imagine when you open up the vault to the subconscious and your mind to all of the, the forces of, our ancestral world, how much power, I mean, even Khan, one of the Khans, Nero could even come through because that is still you. So this is why a part of the training is, is, is first, you know, you need to be completely aware of who, who, who you are uniquely, like your fingerprint, like what you've been, what you are truly defined as. So while you're going through the school of Every because really, when you see other people acting out, you're in the school of of them, right? Like just taking notes. Look, he bumped his head. I'm definitely not going to do that. So you're able to basically hold your own consciousness while still learning from the great, the great forces that are are you know that are all around us and making moves and doing things. So yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, as you go into that, um, I know that you talked about wifey. So a lot of people may have questions in regards to relationships, especially women who are trying, not even trying, they want a relationship of marriage um, or a relationship beyond, um, you know, what they're currently going through right now. How can someone um, overcome that stage in life? Well, I would definitely tell them, you know, since we don't have time to truly elaborate deeply yeah. on what happens in relationships, but to check out the goddess and explore and the explorer as a, as a reference. And, you know, just ultimately understanding in this that because we have a masculine and a feminine side, you can imagine if, let's say, for instance, if a male is not aware that, you know, there's also a feminine aspect of the male, 
he may not realize then just in that folly, he could he may not realize there's also a masculine side to the female. So on a subconscious level, these two could actually be in a house together and the this the the animus of the woman, which is her masculine side, could be actually going to war with his passive, because he hasn't really even tapped into an understanding about it, feminine side. And this could all be happening like <laughs> it's interesting mm-hmm. with again, like when stuff starts happening in arguments, especially we just get so deep into it. We don't really step back for a moment and see all of the things that are at play that are causing it. This is why we we've been uh, on. We were on a, a project with everyone that was very instrumental and it was a timeline project where everyone kind of goes back into, you know, their high points in their lives and, you know, get that into a timeline. And we gave a template for that. And this was very instrumental to do. I welcome anyone to just do a timeline of yourself. Um, and the importance of this is, is that not only does this become something to where you realize that you've been paying attention to everybody else, you've kind of forgot what really happened and what made you you. You may even think that it's not even important. Nah, you know, I'm just going to be writing stuff down about myself. I don't have time. But the reality is, is once you start doing it and you start seeing what you've been through, especially chronologically, this becomes quite fascinating because you now have really your story there. And also what happens when you start witnessing your stories is you also start seeing why people are continuously getting you confused because they don't know your story. (laughs) They be meeting you. And I'm just saying this in relation to relationships, a person meets you and all they know is pretty much the curated side that you've showed them, Mm -hmm. you know, the the pictures with the filters. Right. (laughs) And and what happens is, is that they're doing the same thing. You would be doing the same thing. And there's, of course, a lot that's not really understood about the body, how it works, relationships, this kind of thing. But anyway, it, it puts two people together that don't know, have a clue of what's going on. And now everybody expects the world to come of them like, oh, they cute together. And really, this is a this is a formula for disaster. If this wasn't a formula for disaster, you would mess up the cosmos anyway. Think about what I'm saying. If you're not together and that person not together and somehow it works, this is going to mess up other stuff that because you got to have wisdom. Wisdom tells you this is what you do in order to get something to work. And we count on wisdom. But if you come with stupidity and your stupidity works, now we got to go back and redo all the books. So what I'm saying is if you go into a relationship and you're broken and the person's broken and you're attempting to come from that with something fixed, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is often what this is where the that continuous spiral cycle is happening with the relationship where a person finds themselves in and out of relationships because they haven't actually began a real relationship with themselves mm-hmm. and, and, and come to terms with even things that have happened in the past. Like psychology is an interesting study. Um, but there's also alchemy and how that works with the consciousness. That's even more interesting, but it does lend to that. A, if there's an alchemical element missing during the, during the process of growth, i.e. father, then this is what the, the, uh, the formula is going to become because that element is missing. So then it goes further and says, so how you fix that at this stage of the chemical transition is you put this element. So it will actually even tell you this is the kind of energy. If a person didn't grow up with a father, this is the kind of energy that they would really need more around them to heal that. Mm. Then once that being is healed, now you can put them into a relationship. This is a woman. She can now then go into a relationship with a man because you know, and hopefully, but again, now this is a two part story because now that person has to have also, you know, or at least be willing enough to to accept that they need to maybe go through that process, too. So what did I say in the beginning? This all starts. Enlightenment starts with the first step, which is admitting. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe this is all backwards. Maybe even the definition of marriage is not true. Maybe the definition of consciousness is not true. Maybe. So what do I need? What would be the greatest thing that you would need in a world of maybes? A divination tool. The, uh, something that can give you a level of discernment, discernment. Mm-hmm. that even though you may not, you think you know the answer, this would still tell you like a quiz thing, like when you finally see the real answer, but this mm-hmm. was the answer. And then you mm-hmm. would be able to know where you was wrong, and then you would be able to correct that and keep going, right? Mm-hmm. 
Right. So see, our so our parents, our ancestors, they gave us this divination tool, and that's about that's also a process. I, I can't get into necessarily that specifically, but it's a process of basically recalibrating your divination tool inside of your conscious. Okay, so excuse me, I will give it to you. <laughs> the reality, because there's different ones. Like in the ancient times, they actually used this bead, and this bead was able to tell them everything. I. The, there were certain beads and certain seeds that can just tell you everything and you would just throw them and they would tell you the truth to the matter, if, whether you wanted to know it or not. Now it became the language. The code in the language is actually a blueprint or a pattern. That's why alchemy is, also, is the language. And this pattern tells you what would happen next. It's like I Ching, the way of changes. You would be able to turn it, even what Kabbalah is, you would be able to turn it into like a number set and then you would be able to add up, literally add up what the number is of the problem. And then you would be able to solve the problem with a series of quotients. Okay. So this is even now, if you look at mathematics, mathematics is a secret society in the high levels of mathematics, you won't really know what's going on because like if somebody writes a huge mathematical equation out on the board, how many people have the ability to read that, right? So that's the first thing of a secret society is to have a language that nobody can read. As a master at solving problems, which is what a maatmetician is, you would then find out the integers of the problem. Like what, how can we put the problem as a symbol? That's what our ancestors did already. Once you have the problem as a symbol, now you can start working with the symbols to actually see in the process and the sequence of the symbols, what would be the solution? And then you could then have the symbols of the solution. And that's why people used to wear these talismans and amulets all the time, because that's as much as they understood of how to do with it versus the priest would be able to then imprint the symbol onto their conscious, their, their, their sub subconscious projector, and then basically project themselves into the symbols. And so, uh, and of course, these are things that we're even doing now, but we just don't describe it like this. Right. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> uh, there's another question. Um, sorry. In other words. Well, I guess you kind of did speak about this. It was about, if I could just summarize what. Sorry. Well, my I'm sure folks in there typing away. You'd be trying to like get to the question and then yeah. someone, they just type it away. It's I like, saw ah! it and I'm like, okay, <laughs> come on. It's like, it's gone, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you said he kind of answered Mar it. So, uh, Mariana. Just do it like, just spin it, spin it like the wheel of life. Just whatever just question go. you come up and right, know yeah. your number. It'll be relevant for all of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Mariana Marchino. Can you speak on how anyone can begin the process of understanding self regardless of their starting point? You know, uh, the, these questions, it's interesting because somebody will ask how to understand themselves, understanding themselves. <laughs> so really what would then occur after that is I would basically have to go through this series of things to get you to see that you're actually doing it already. Right. So... Uh, that's really even what tutelage is, is it's the series of processes to get the person, that's what self-awareness is, to get them to see, I'm already it. <laughs> this is the whole thing with my at. My at is it. There's no explanation for it. And so since you are that already, where we're at right now is we, okay, so let me, let me just break this down in a code for you. Mm -hmm. Men, Okay. Men, it means mental. It is an extension of a mind. Even if you look at the male's, the male's phallic symbol, it is an extension. It is a ruler, okay? So if you can imagine, just as the prototype shows us, the mother is the one that we're depending on life from. That's why a woman has a womb. So the reality here is, is that what the man's, as I've explained in the Explorer in a more eloquent way, the man's position here is to explore the scenario to basically to it's like when the mind or, or it's sending something out, we became that. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard to understand, but uh, to accept. But as as human beings and animals and trees and everything, we're the expansion of a consciousness. An expansion is 
hey, I'm going to go travel into this area that's not there before. It's this, that I've never been to before. It's the same thing when you start thinking about stuff that you don't know about. Your mind starts to go and, and we, we starts to wander. So in many ways, we're like the wanderers, but we have a tether. And this is most important. It's symbolic to your bellicle cord. We have this tether that no matter how far, like an astronaut, we wander out there into consciousness or the unknown consciousness, we still can send signals back to our source and we're still connected to our source. So now there's been a little bit of trickery because there's been this symbolic cutting of our umbilical cord detaching us from our source. Now, of course, we're not really detached. This is what the matrix, this is what the matrix is. The matrix is a frequency box. It's a small box where you're experiencing yourself as a small subset of frequencies of who you truly are. And then you're kind of cut off through a, another series of linguistic trickery. You're kind of cut off from the awareness that you actually exist outside of the box. So now something that is normally designed to explore. Now, remember, I'm not talking about just the man, but you, it's good to understand this because you'll understand where the roles are because you have a masculine and feminine side. But the masculine side's uh, potential and possibility is to go out and to explore. Now, imagine, though, which is where we're at right now, everybody goes out and explores and forgets about home base, motherboard, where, which we're all connected to. Okay, and imagine even that there's a plot to try to destroy the motherboard to leave us all stranded in space, basically. <laughs> and so you could see where there would be a mission that would then have to play out with us, first of all, being aware that we're connected to Central. And then to basically even come come out of the exploration and go back to central because somebody is at the base. Somebody is at home base toying around. They're in the back, they're in the back room, as it's called, like the, in the holiest of holies, mm -hmm. toying around with your mind, with what you think is going on, with who you think you belong to, your little marriage, your relationship, your damn car, your kids, all this shit, mm -hmm. all being made of the same thing. And now you're in this huge love affair where everything is separate, which brings about death. Anything you actually separate or detach starts to die. This is now I'm showing you an infinite recursion. I'm showing you a, a, a hologram. Just like if you try to cut something from its umbilical cord, it starts to wither away. If it start if it starts to wither away, if it starts to believe that that is actually what's taking place. So now we are in this, like I said, frequency cage with this belief that we're disconnected. And what enlightenment is, is reestablishing that connection, removing that. So some people can remove that in different ways. Some people actually remove that, have removed it in depression. They went to the stage, they were almost about to kill themselves and they came into this enlightenment. You got other people that they did it through, they started learning all this knowledge and finally at some point they came across the great keys which is the, the, the key to the sky, which is the Kabbalah or the linguistic language and how it connects to a procession that will always happen here. Just like there's always a summertime and there's always a wintertime and the weather moves like that. There's a code that already always runs. And it also is even symbolic to our in, running, symbolically running in our body. And, and, and as I said earlier, that knowing that code, which we've put in enneology, knowing that code actually gives you the ability to have discernment. So you can kind of know, even if you feel like, oh, I'm slipping or whatever, you know, oh, no, that's just where I'm this. You get more. It gives you more st stability, real knowledge, which is also experience. It gives you a certain amount of stability. So that way you, you don't believe that somebody can cut your cord. You don't believe that somebody can can come against you and to destroy you and your lineage and your family and everything and blot you from the records. You don't believe that your future is going to be grim and dismal. And you don't believe any of this, all of it. And, 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 and it becomes no way that that some anything can get you to could penetrate you in a way to actually make you to inseminate that kind of lie inside of you. OK, and the reason why I explain it that way is that when we were sent out on the exploration, we are we have what you would say is a suit that keeps us protected from foreign objects. These are things that are yet to be discovered and how we process them through our consciousness to keep us from from those breaching into areas where it would destroy our ship, if you may, or what we're traveling with our consciousness. 
So how that works, obviously, is that even in is it again, oh, this is all hologram. So you would see it everywhere. If I puncture your body like with a bullet, this area is going to get infected. If that's going to be the main thing that we need to worry about. If you get cut, it's going to get infected because now you have opened up. You've opened up your field, even in your aura, your aura. When you get cut, your aura rips up a little bit and it opens up. And then if you can watch it, you'll see it try to start healing. It'll start healing the the opening because it doesn't want to keep that open because it can get infected. And the reason why I'm explaining this is that now you can see metaphysically that there is already a defense. Some people don't like the concept of worrying about protection. I'm telling you, protection is professional technology. It was already installed and it is your auric field. So you since you already had this protection and, and, and again, there's things that are trying to assail your vehicle. They're pirates, as I said before, trying to get on your ship. So since they can't get to it from the outside because your mother put you in an impenetrable shell to shield, they try to get it from within. It's like a Trojan horse mm -hmm. where if you watch certain things and believe certain things, they can start breaching your own your walls of defense and then start to get you to believe in stuff like death and all <laughs> sorts of things. Right. Okay. Right. Let us know. And I wanted to ask this question because we're coming closer to the end of the show. Uh, and I know this might take a while to answer, but I know a lot of people may want to know uh, what is the proper way to meditate? Yes. For a beginner, for somebody who, you know, has been, well, I don't know, introduced to it by like guided meditations. And that's not like me. I don't really care for a guided meditation I don't really want somebody else telling me how to move in my own space but like what is the proper way to meditate yeah okay the truth is meditation as we understand it what it means okay so meditation in English hints to the word uh, mead med or mead which means the center okay and so in other languages, the word meditation is not obviously the word that they're using. So in other language, what this word actually means to them is to not do anything, to basically to, to be unmovable. Okay? Why? So if the mind moves, the mind's like a wave. So when it, when it moves, it, it's actually going somewhere. So a meditation is about how to allow you to stay where you are so that you can see that everything is in the space that you're in. Like they say, in this box right here is everything. Everything has passed through this box right here that I'm drawing out in the ether. So it's medi true meditation is to gain that ability of how to come into the total awareness of that by stopping the mind. Then once you can stop the mind, this now tips into that you can control the, your heart rate. And then once you can slow down your heart, you can basically mimic the phenomena of when one would go to sleep, but you wouldn't actually be sleep. And so I'm telling you something that could take years and or moments for a person to figure out how to do or to train themselves on how to do. So what I so in the general context of how people understand meditation, I'll give a definition for what is the best meditation in that respect to begin to remove agitations to begin to remove things that are still the what, the when, the why, the where, what I call the wilderness of the mind, the zigzag, to begin to remove basically the, the doubt. And as I said before, stand, you can stand firm when you're on a firm foundation. So this lets us know that find a foundation, find the blueprint. I mean, I'm telling you it because these days you tell people, hey, I got the blueprint over here. They're like, go over somewhere else. It's like, I, I can't really say anything for you that we already found a blueprint, but you still got to you got to apply it. You got to learn it. You got to study it. So that to me, and I'm just saying it in my way, is the best way. Now, this also different strokes for different folks because some can do it in nature and need it that way. It's a necessary trip anyway along the journey. But I feel like that the reason why this truth that I'm going to continuously bring will still stretch across the world and through the cosmos is because people are now in their minds, in their trap. And. I do have keys that unlock corridors of the mind to get you out of the mind and get you into the center of yourself. And this would have taken, it would take someone that has basically a thick palette of the experience on earth, but still been able to summarize, even if those experiences were negative, even if those experiences were painful, 
be, still be able to summarize and come to terms with all of what happened, which is what a lot of people seek. They seek what they call closure. Like, I want to know why that happened to me. So this knowledge, it reveals in great detail the answer to those questions and many more things. I'll say this and I'm done. Generally, when a person starts this process, they're already in the negatives, meaning that how energy is like there's negative, then there's zero, and then there's positive. I'm looking for the day that we start working above the zero. We're in the, what we were saying, the positive. We start seeing the great things that this knowledge and this awareness can do. Right now, what it's predominantly being utilized for is to get people out of the negatives, out of the netherworld, get them back on the surface with themselves, and then able to now begin to project and to create their future because they actually have the, they know the code. You're using the codes already. You're using it in the language, but you don't know what you, you know not what you do. You don't know the reason why they taught you this language so that you would keep casting spells on yourself and they will suggest to you what you are. That's what the stereotypes and all that is. It's just you start suggesting to yourself who you are. And I'll summarize here. Once you learn this, it's not that you learn how to speak different. It's just you rearrange things. And this is what you learn about how all this works. It's not that you're trying to get rid of something. You just put it back in its place because everything in its proper place has a use. And that's just where it comes from. And then you're able to mend because you're like, that should have been in its place. And I was, I was, I could see myself out of place even being there and in that when that happened. So it becomes a lesson to you. Let me be on point about not falling asleep at the wheel and making sure I stay into my synchronistic space and I'm staying on point. That's what I have for you. Okay. You definitely let us know. Um, do we have at least, let's see. Um, have like, that's all he had or we got one more question? We got five minutes. One more short question. Any question you want to throw in there for you personally? Personally? <laughs> I know you was finished, but we might got one more for you. Um, I think my questions were answered. Oh, yeah. A lot of my questions were answered just yeah. of what you were saying. But as I, the Q&A, thank you so much for even giving us the time and day really seriously and letting, you know, people, the tribe, thank you guys for coming in and, Definitely. you know, having your questions. And we do apologize if we didn't get to your question. Um, so we just really appreciate you just going into detail on all the questions that we had and just really opening our eyes into the definition. I, I love the way you give definitions because you make it so logic where a person can completely understand, even if they don't understand or that's not the move that they want, but it does definitely answer, go straight to the point and give an example. And I appreciate you doing that for us because that's what makes people learn and feel they understand what you're, you're coming from. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. And yeah. you, that I couldn't have said that any better. And of course, it is my true intentions. That's what I do. That's what I breathe. I see it as yeah. important because I know the truth. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's just what, what it'll have you doing is like you really want to, you, you'll know that it's going to work too. I'm like, I'm not sitting here thinking all is lost. Right. As I told people before that this is not what the end looks like. I've been to the end. It's way more different than this. This is actually what things look like when they're just about to begin. Mm. And as this knowledge comes out, which is, as we talked earlier, to bring it full circle, is within the stars, the code, the language, the stories, and the stars. And the more they shine, which is a big part of even why people are not moving around. You got to understand, last thing, I just dropped one final jewel. Is a lot of people, they see these masks, yeah. and they, they see this society happening right now. I'm telling you that everything that we were doing before this happened wasn't going to allow us to wake up. Mm. It was a Sabbath call on earth. We were already working too much. People were being abused. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of atrocities reaching all the way up. And now everybody has to sit down. This means you're not in the car no more as much. It's less emissions. The sky is getting clearer. Earth is waking itself up. The astral plane is crunk. The dreams are happening. People are still trying to make sense of it, but this is the process I even talked to a guy today at Apple. He was like, I'm, are you at home? And he was like, yeah. He was, I was like, so how is it? He was like, man, this is great. So at least for people who still have jobs, like I can cook at home. I don't have to go. I don't have to deal with traffic. So you got to realize in all of this, there is a, what they call the silver line of, of what the emissions are down and this cosmos is regrouping and the oceans are rebuilding themselves. 
And this is all part of who we are inside. And that and that that came from, if you want to say on high, that decree comes from on high. So it won't be a Trump, a Biden, a Harris or nobody okay. that can really prevent the, the awakening and the expansion. But be prepared, because just like birth, you can have if you understand you do your Lamas. <laughs> It's all symbolic. Keep breathing mm-hmm. and learn about yourself and breathe into yourself and start giving yourself the, the space, you know what I mean? But while still keeping your hands in, in the matter. And there you go. Thank you so <laughs> much, Sevan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, really, guys. Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. Really Homeless Tribe. And Homeless. we'll see you in the next episode. Yes. And always remember, nothing's, nothing's wrong. wrong. Thanks, Sevan. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, he's gone? Oh. Is he off? Oh, that's hot. Oh, that's hot.